Happy Father's Day! You made it to the end of the fatherhood series where we have been celebrating all things dad, especially in how to be a godly dad in an ungodly world. Well, today's episode is no different. Today we hear from my friend Jarrett Fix. Oh, hey, what's up? This is my cue. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and like Jimmy from last week's episode, I met Jarrett at Seeker Springs. So whew, go Seeker Springs, meet some good people there, which was a long time ago. But that's the first time I met you. Or that's where I remember meeting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, ago. yeah, like I was on staff there, I guess as a counselor, and you were just a youth director then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, and but now things are changed, and I think congratulations are in order because just this past weekend you have now been named the lead pastor. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah, at Swartz Baptist Church. Yeah, yeah, out there. Just recently, though, you were the associate pastor at Cedar Crest. Cedar Crest. Yes, yep. Cedar Crest. Yeah, been there for eleven years. Wow, man, long time. Long time. We're yeah, long time. <laughs> yeah, and then you did you just complete your doctorate or I did. yeah at Dallas Baptist? Dallas Seminary. Dallas. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> all those credentials and stuff. Yeah. Well, congratulations for that. And can you tell us like how God brought you to sports? You know, after that eleven years at Cedar Crest. Yeah. Kind of the same way. Anytime you feel the Lord telling you to do something, and when I tell people the story, I always say I shouldn't have better words for this, but I don't. But ultimately, I just feel like God made it appear and I was supposed to do something. I began to fast and pray. And then mm-hmm. he just revealed to me, not in some booming voice or anything from the sky, but just ultimately that it was time to be a pastor. So I just began talking with some people and one thing led to another and boom, here we are. So what are you most excited about for the sports community and like, you know, for the things to come out there? I think one of the things that helps my excitement is that I grew up out there. Like I was okay. there until I was in middle school and then moved away and it's been pretty cool coming back. So like, yeah, I just really, really, really love it when a church is involved in the community. Mm-hmm. One of the things I love so much working with the committee before, you know, I was brought in to speak in view of a call was just how their existing ministry in the community is going. Yeah. Focused on the people in the community. And I just thought, Hey man, I want to jump on board and, Mm-hmm. And go there with them. So yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that because that's how I feel about my home church, a group of churches. It was very much, even though it was a small church, they're mighty because they're much involved. Because they had, in a lot of ways, you know, I grew up at Shuny Baptist Church, mm-hmm. just itty bitty church. But, you know, in a lot of ways, they had a lot of excuses. They could have said, no, we can't, we can't do sure. XYZ. But they, did as a, as a child were involved in local and foreign missions and still are today. And that's something I'm, I'm proud of for them. And, and now I'm at first West and they're kind of very much involved in the local things and beyond as well. So like, yeah, I agree with that. It's always pretty special. That's good. That's good, that's good to hear about for sorts. That's exciting. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. All right. Well, that's all great. And, but let's get down to the nitty gritty. It's time for, you know, our dad talk. So tell us how many kids do you have and what are their ages? So I have Jude, who is nine, who will one day work for NASA, <laughs> and then Riggs, who is four, who is going to be the next Randy Savage. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's a professional wrestler. Oh, man. Um, yeah. They're completely different, but they're mm-hmm. both just awesome. Being a dad yeah. is like the dopest thing ever. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's how I feel being a mom, too. Just mm-hmm. a parent. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So you said it was dope and all. So is it something you always look forward to doing, to being a dad? Yes. So I'm going to definitely probably overshare here. But there is <laughs> okay. a picture in my in Jude's room. Mm-hmm. And it's a picture of a little boy. It's like a painting of a little boy mm-hmm. and a cap gun and his dog. He's hunting dog. Mm-hmm. And I bought that when I was in middle school. Oh, man. Like, I know that's so goofy. People think I'm so stupid for doing that. But, like, even then I thought, I bought, I'm buying this for my son. That's awesome. Because I yeah. just... I don't know. I had a great dad. He wasn't perfect, but he was a great dad. Mm-hmm. I always thought, like, the things that he's doing for me, I want to one day do for my kids. Yeah. So, I guess I always thought I would have a son. Mm-hmm. By God's grace and sovereignty, I did have two. Yeah, no, two. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I certainly always dreamed about it. And then, you know, when I, when I guess as you progress in your faith, like, mm-hmm. you just begin to incorporate. Because when I was younger, I was like, I want to take a hunting. Yeah. And yeah. One day I was like, one day I want to teach my kids the solos. Mm-hmm. 
I know this is goofy, but systematic theology. Yeah. I want to teach them about Christ, and I want them to have a solid faith, and I like, want them to, when they go to college, I don't want to be worried about the professors swaying them. I want them swaying the professors. Yeah. And so just to have high expectations for them and to just share with them the thing that we yeah. have our life in. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So before you were a dad, you know, what did you think it'd be like? You know, did you, anything, any of those thoughts change once they finally got here? Yeah. I mean, I guess I always had a, a positive look on it. Like, I always thought I would enjoy it. But, man, nothing prepares you for just, like, those really good moments where your kid smiles at you and hugs you. Like, mm-hmm. there is absolutely nothing that could ever prepare you for that. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be cool. But, man, it's so much cooler than I thought it would be. Yeah. So, all my expectations have been blown out of the water. Now, there are certainly challenges. Yeah. Like the highs are higher, the lows are lower. Mm-hmm. So it's, I guess I had mediocre expectations. <laughs> so both in the positive and negative. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, what is that challenging part of fatherhood? Man, discipline is hard because, like, you're always second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always thinking, like, you know, how long is time out? Should I do time out for that? Like, I see why they did that. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I got to punish them. And then, well, I didn't punish his brother for doing that last week. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, inconsistent. So you let all people mm-hmm. know about it. Uh, and, um, the last thing I want to be is like to be inconsistent. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like, you know, I've had to just realize that I'm certainly not perfect. I yeah. Be a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. But boy, I'm trying to be. And then the other challenge is, is potty training. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, that's coming to a theater near you. <laughs> you know, I've actually started recently because, you know, my son is almost, he's halfway there to two. And I know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Jared, what can I do? <laughs> really hard. And uh, ask your friends to pray really hard. <laughs> I mean, like, is there an app? I mean, I just haven't asked around yet, but. How long did it take your boys to potty train? Uh, I tried to strike that from my memory. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's some books about it and there's some mm-hmm. articles about it. And essentially, you can try it like over a weekend or something. Yeah, I've I've heard of that mm-hmm. and I wanted to try it. But I'm also in the mindset of like, I don't 100% believe that's going to be the way. Because yeah, every kid's different. Well, but. and that's the thing. So, you know, you can read a million articles and yeah. say, this is, you know. The way, this yeah. Is it. This is the end all be all. There is. Yeah. In life, rarely there is. A, is there a truly a one size fits all? So you know your kid, and you'll figure. Yeah. It out. And everybody gets body trained. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all we happen. all get there. So yeah, that is something that takes all of us in. I guess. Boys, the wisdom I keep I kept hearing was essentially they'll be body trained when they want to be. Mm. So they kind of have a mind of their own as far as that's concerned. So, mm. Yeah. Um, if at first you don't succeed, try to <laughs> try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So with discipline, you know, you mentioned you got your two boys and they are different. Like, do you have a, do you and Lauren both have like a specific style? Yeah, we do. And like I said before, like there's not really a one size fits all approach mm-hmm. for, for really anything, but especially for that, like yeah. I know for me, um, and I'll just go ahead and tell some, you know, funnies on my parents, they disciplined me and my sister exactly the same and it worked for me and didn't work for her. Mm. So they would take something away from me and I would be distraught just because I didn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. My sister didn't give two flips. Like, <laughs> she was going to do what she did. You know, or if she yeah. Was thinking, she was just going to go right back to, yeah. you know, what mm-hmm. she was doing. But for me, just the simple fact that my parents were upset with me was enough for me to be like, oh, man, I'm sitting in my yeah. room just going over like, I'm a terrible person. Never, <laughs> I'm like writing them a letter like, dearest mother, <laughs> I will never in my ignorance and stupidity do this ever again yeah. to bring such shame on our family. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> but so for, for hours, you know, we just try to find ultimately what works and what they respond mm-hmm. to. And even in different places in life, they respond to things differently. So yeah. when Jude today is a nine-year-old is different than when he was Riggs ages of four. Yeah. So I know for Jude that like, if I just help him understand, here's what you did wrong with grace and with kindness, like he's like I was. Yeah. He doesn't want to disappoint people. He is mm-hmm. absolutely a people pleaser. And so for him, just knowing he did something wrong, mm-hmm. like the next five times he does something similar, he'll be asking, well, did I do it, all, did I do it right that time? Yeah. And so like I've had to learn along with the discipline is the balance of grace. Yeah. Because with that is 
um, just the ability to crush their spirit. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then for Riggs, he's just so young. Like he cognitively has a hard time at moments understanding that he has done something. Wrong. Right. And he's getting into that time where he's, he's like, if he's, <laughs> if he's saying something that he just did. That's obvious. He did like mm-hmm. Riggs, you threw that. I didn't throw it. Like, it's like, um, yeah, man, okay. um, you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's just really standing your ground saying, we're going to say time out. We're going to count. Um, mm-hmm. And just, but again, doing those things where there is an obvious uh, repercussion for what they've done. Yeah. There's an obvious admission of guilt. Mm-hmm. And then there is grace involved because when you're, when you've paid your penalty, you're done. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. And it's, it's mm-hmm. redemptive. Mm-hmm. Know, and I'm using real flowery language for it, but I just really had to train myself to look at it that way because ultimately, like, if I don't look at discipline that way, I'm just going to revert to kind of the old school lazy discipline, which is, mm-hmm. you know, go sit in the corner. We're not going to tell you what you did wrong. And I think that's where, and I love my parents did a great job. I think I would have responded better if my parents would have told me after timeout, do you know what you did wrong? Yeah. Like, can you help me understand or can you reassure me that you understand that you've done something wrong? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like it's a perform better mentality, the old school mentality. Mm-hmm. Now it needs to be, let's understand. Yeah. Fully what to do better. I mean, cause I'll tell them myself, you know, there's a, a few times, just a few times what I had to be in the corner and I was sitting there thinking, these dirty, rotten, no good parents of mine, I can't believe they put me in the corner here, planning my revenge on the world, you know, just waiting them out. <laughs> I was supposed to be thinking about, you know, my wayward ways, and that was not what I was thinking about. So, yeah, I second all that. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But somehow I turned out okay, I guess. Right? Yeah. <laughs> we all survived. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you know, in this parent world, you know, and being a, being a dad and whatnot, is there anything you feel like you could be better at? Oh man, like everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I'm, and I feel like you know, people are going to hear that and say, "Oh, yeah, right." Like genuinely, everything. Like I do nothing perfectly. Mm-hmm. Part of just my personal epistemology and kind of view of life is that, like, we're not perfect. And we should mm-hmm. be legalistic and try to be perfect. Yeah. Um, I think we should pursue holiness. And that's mm-hmm. different because the only perfection we find is in Christ. And so for me, I've really had to apply um, just some wisdom from people I've heard. Like Ray Ortland is a really mm-hmm. big fan of his because he has, and Paul Tripp as well. Like They both speak really, really clearly, in my opinion, about just the grace that it takes to be a parent. Yeah. And so I think as you know, a parent, sometimes we are so hard on ourselves because we're trying to raise godly children. And that's, you know, when you hear that, like, wow. Yeah. An incredible, huge, impossible task. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, for me, like, I just wish that I was more patient. I wish I was more consistent. Um, I wish I had a better understanding of, like, the inner workings of their mind. Like, mm-hmm. I wish. You know, I try really hard to have some level of emotional intelligence and I feel like it takes a certain level of that to be a good parent. And so, but I wish I had a better, mm-hmm. EQ, better emotional quotient, but for them ultimately, like the stuff that I'm trying to get better at, I'm actively trying to get better at. Like I'm listening to podcasts, I'm yeah. reading books, you know, and then I'm hearing Tim Keller. who's like, I'm just a huge Tim Keller. Fan. Oh yeah. Says, mm-hmm. I'll never write a book on parenting because there's no way to write a good book on parenting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Tim. You know? Yeah. I think the last book I had read on it, on parenting, was was grace-based discipline and grace-based parenting. And it's just coming at it, kind of what we just mentioned earlier, it's just coming at it with the viewpoint of uh, helping them understand, Mm -hmm. you know, what, why we ask for it this way and then having that grace with it and not expecting perfection the first two times, Yeah, you know, or like I said, it, you should do it, whatever, just understanding that just like we are in our adult lives and everything else, we're just stumbling along trying to figure it out. They are too. Well, and it's interesting to say that too, because like, I guess when I was younger, I had the view that my parents truly had confidence in every Thing they did and said mm-hmm. and maybe I had just the grand misunderstanding that my parents like just knew everything <laughs> and then 
like man it, and then on top of that like now transition into a parent like allowing my four-year-old to be four years old yeah allowing my nine-year-old to be nine years old and to make the mistakes that four and nine-year-olds make mm-hmm. and, and not expecting them to have the full cognitive abilities of an adult yeah yeah i, I 100% believe in that you know i used to i've used to teach and I worked with children for most of my adult life and that's the that big component in there like you can't have adult expectations on children yeah <laughs> you know for um, you know hard because like you're looking like why did you do that and then you're thinking oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I haven't taught you that yeah. you know and it takes a few times you know and, and when I was your age the same thing same thing and we forget that <laughs> you know and so just remembering that you know we did the same thing and now it's they have to be taught these social constructs of like hey when people other people are talking you're not talking and yep. you know how to oh, my favorite in, the, in, in school stuff is like <laughs> the walk between two people talking right in between them mm-hmm. <laughs> all <Yep>. the time <laughs> stuff like that because they're like well okay like you're you know three feet taller than me and right <laughs> you know just like things like that but yeah That's yeah good. yeah so in being a good dad like how do you define that like what is what is that to you i think it's a really good question ultimately you know the bible's going to be the weather mark there yeah ephesians 6 fathers don't provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the lord and man, just one of the questions I'm always asking myself personally is, am I treasuring Christ above all things? That's my first resolution of my life resolutions. And then when I apply that to my kids, like I'm asking, am I raising my boys to treasure Christ above all yeah. things? Because ultimately that's going to be my highest priority. Mm-hmm. If my kids are athletic, I'm excited about that. If they're really smart, I'm excited about that. If they excel at school, if they if Jude does one day work for NASA, if <laughs> yeah, is the next Randy coach, that's great. Yeah, but if I don't treasure them to, if I don't teach them to treasure Christ, then I've failed. Yeah, as a parent, and so I think if you kind of read that backwards, you know, how would you define a good dad? Man, it's just a guy that realizes that he's not perfect, but that he can point his kids to a perfect Christ. Mm, yeah, because he's you know, the definition. ultimate father. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. It's a good answer. <laughs> so, you know, what do you think, like, God expects from fathers? Certainly not perfection. Yeah. And so, again, you're probably just hearing a theme in what I'm saying there. Mm-hmm. And kind of where all that came from, I preached a sermon several, uh, I guess, about a month or two ago mm-hmm. on legalism. And it just kind of reshaped the way I've looked at the world. Yeah. I feel like I, for many years, was really stuck in the, I don't know, we could call it Baptist legalism. I think that's an issue in, in the modern church and mm-hmm. um, where it's just do better, perform better, mm. pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, perform like a monkey on a string, keep these rules that people made up for you to keep. You know, yeah. if, if you don't, you know, smoke, drink or chew or, you know, sleep with somebody outside of marriage, then you're probably going to go to heaven. Mm, yeah. Like, that's not the gospel. So yeah, the gospel at all. tells us that imperfect people can approach Christ. And so that's a long way of saying, you know, what do you think God expects from fathers? I think he expects them to to work hard, to pursue holiness, and to to point their children to Christ as they themselves yeah. are to Christ. Or doing, you know? doing to you, um, yeah. So ultimately, if I'm, you know, training my kids to do something, I'm going to do my best to model that for them. Like, yeah. A silly example is one day I hope Jude bow hunts. I hope Briggs bow hunts because I love bow hunts. So yeah. Like that's my mm-hmm. favorite hobby, bar none. And so mm-hmm. I'm modeling that. I shoot my bow all the time. Yeah. I have my bow out in the living room for them to look at, for them to try to pull back, even though they mm-hmm. can't come close to drawing 70 pounds. But, yeah. You know, showing them what yeah. the arrows do and how they're built and all those mm-hmm. the cams on the bow. But silly example. Serious example is like if I'm teaching them to treasure Christ, like they're going to see me read scripture. They're yeah. See me preach. They're going to see me talk about Jesus. I'm going to ask them hard questions and then send them to bed and not answer them. Yeah. Because I want them to think about it. I want, yeah. I want them to wrestle with questions at night. You know, when I ask Jude questions like, what's the chief end of man? Even as a five year old, he could tell you to, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Wow. I'm just yeah. impressing on them, even things they don't cognitively get right now. One day, but one day they will. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know from a young age, my dad wasn't perfect, but he tried. Mm-hmm. And that's why I can respect about my old man. Is yeah, he wasn't perfect, but he tried. Mm-hmm. Giving that effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. I literally had that conversation 
last night uh, we had a like a women's little get together Bible study ish type of thing. It's like Bible study slash fellowship, whatever. And we were talking about. Sounds very Baptist. Yeah, <laughs> guilty. <laughs> <laughs> there was some cookies involved, so there you Praise go. God. You gotta have that food there. <laughs> but just per- about trying and how God, you know, sees our hearts, not our mm-hmm. achievements, because our achievements are never as stellar as we think they are, or sure. don't meet the His standard, anyways. But it's always our hearts. So that was cool. You just said that because oh, just had the conversation last night. So yeah, yeah. and that's so true. Yeah, God is. <laughs> God wants your heart. Mm-hmm. What you can do for him is mm-hmm. ultimately of no true value because yeah. he doesn't need us anyway. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't at it's all. the beauty of believing in a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. So who's your favorite Bible dad? I think that would be Zechariah. Yeah. What makes him so special? So he was the father of John the Baptist. And mm. Just, I, I don't know. It's something about the story when he couldn't speak. Yeah. And then when his voice came back, like, there's just something about that story that just gets me. And then I, I probably don't have a super spiritual reason for him being my favorite biblical dad. Probably dumb for a pastor to say. <laughs> but just the fact that he was, you know, John the Baptist's dad. And just to see what John the Baptist did, that he was the forerunner. And, you know, I think obviously there's other good biblical dads. But mm-hmm. just that he stuck with it and that he admitted his fault. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things in there is that he was humble, but he was still, he didn't run away. Yeah. Cause wasn't he like a priest or some type of church leader? Yeah. Yeah. He was a priest. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good I point. I think he was a priest. Now that I'm saying it, what I'm saying is like, I think he, recorded, yeah. I, I mean, I could have said like, you know, or be bald, it'd be like, well, I think I'm bald, but since I'm saying it and it's recorded, I'm going to doubt everything. So, so. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll reference it later and I'll be in the show notes for sure. So yeah. we can look at that. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad we're kind of breaking the trend though, because everyone else, no lie, has said Joseph. So it was Sorry. like, yeah, I was kind of like, <laughs> at this point, holding my breath, like, who's it going to be? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool. So, I mean, Joseph, you know, great dad and all, but um, yeah, Zachariah was the first one that came to mind. So yeah, I yeah, so good. On that one. Good. <laughs> all right. What do you want your boys to know when they become men? What is something that you hope that they've learned from you? So I'm really glad you asked that because I rarely get the opportunity to tell this to anybody. Mm. So, I read a book several years ago called the uh, resolutions of Jonathan Edwards. Okay. They were so they were such a big deal to me that I wrote my own. Um, and so yeah. I have my own resolutions that I read on a regular basis, especially mm-hmm. the first of the year. But in them is, uh, are certain things that I want to teach my kids. And yeah. they are, like I told you already, like the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. And that's typically some derivation of the first question in virtually every modern or reformed catechism there's ever been. Hmm. And so the the good ones say something to that effect that ultimately yeah. are the highest pinnacle apex of life. The zenith of it, of existence for any person is joy mm-hmm. by God and joy. Yeah. And then the second is to know who God is and to know who they are. Yeah. When I was in student ministry, if you asked any student I ever taught, if if they if they said what did Jared teach you, that would be the first thing they'd say. Mm-hmm. I even asked them in a sermon one time when I was preaching to the whole church, and all of them, could, and I was really proud because they remembered. <laughs> like, yeah. The repetition mm-hmm. got to them, but yeah. Ultimately, if they need to know anything, it's who God is and who they are, and then mm-hmm. by proxy, who God is not. And who yeah. Not. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you know those things, it'll cover over a multitude of sins. And then lastly is uh, that grace is free, and they're free in Christ. I read a book on the freedom of grace, and it was uh, it was life changing. Just yeah. to, again back to legalism idea. Mm-hmm. We're not earning God's favor. We don't have to mm-hmm. wave our hands around and get His attention. That we've got it. Yeah. And that uh, in that grace, the grace is free, and Christ brings the freedom to us, and we're free in Him. Yeah, you know, I just you know I walked through a season a few years ago, and just I, I kind of hit that head on and just so then I kind of came to the conclusion like man like you gotta claim that grace 
you know, it, it is there. It is free. Like you're saying, if you don't claim it, it's like almost useless for you. And like, so, so whatever it is that you're just not like getting hung up on it. And what really got me to, I guess, claim it for myself was realizing that if I'm not claiming this grace he has for me and this other thing, it's like the equivalent of denying the cross because it was the same thing. And that's what got me to like, Oh, well, I want to claim this. Yeah. You know, I want to live in that freedom of Christ. So that's what it's for. You know, like that's his love for us in that way is for that. You know, so yeah. yeah. It's, it's really incredible the way the Bible speaks of grace. And, yeah. and it uses those words interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes no difference in the two, which means that God is full of both. And how he, how it talks about, I think it's in First John or John 1, about he's full of grace and full of truth. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, I don't know. There's just something about realizing the depths of our own depravity. Yes. Simultaneously realizing that mm-hmm. God was fully aware of what he was getting himself into when he saved us. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just a powerful concept to me. So anyway, all yes. those things yeah. to say, like if there was anything I wanted my boys to know, it would be those three things. Yeah. So how are you ensuring that they know that? Because those are really big ideas. Like, I mean, I know they're young right now, but... Mm-hmm. Are there anything intentional things you're trying to do to help them know those specific things? Yeah, I am repeating them. And I know that that probably is like super unspiritual sounding, but I've just found that repetition makes people remember things. Yeah. You know, I've heard different people say different things. I've heard them have just little idiosyncrasies Mm -hmm. in their speech that they say, and you remember them by those things. And so even just simple repetition, just simple asking them, you know, what is the chief end of man? Mm-hmm. And then when Jude comes home and someone was mean to him at school, my first thing is, Jude, you know who you are. I mean, and if you know that, yeah. it doesn't matter what they say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so ultimately no weapon formed against you can prosper. You know, the words of, of silly people are just going to become silly. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, if you know who you are and you first know who God is, then that really has a sense of grounding Mm-hmm. And it, it'll it'll plant your feet really firmly on on good soil and then solid solid rock and yeah. So for for me for them I'm just I'm trying to incorporate them into moments mm-hmm. in discipline. Yeah, them in moments where you know I get to kind of kind of an obvious teaching moment. Some, mm-hmm. moments, some teaching moments are obvious, some are not. not so obvious. Mm-hmm. And then just to repeat them. Yeah. So yeah, because you know eventually when he gets like middle school, high school. He'll dwell on that. Oh, yeah. I hope so. And then maybe y'all get to have that other conversation. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah. See, right now I'm just planting those seeds. There's a good seeds there. I hope so. And I hope they remember them, too. Yeah. Well, the youth group remembered some of it. I think that uses hope there. (laughs) One can hope. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are there any other ways you're, like, trying to guide your children to Christ? Any, Any other things? Yeah. And I feel like these are really simple. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, anticipate these being like earth shattering. Yeah. But I'm just trying hard to make sure that I talk about Jesus a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and to be fluent with scripture around them. Um, mm-hmm. and to let that be a just a, a common conversation. That way it's not awkward. Like I've heard a lot of yeah. parents begin those when their kids are in their teen years and they talk to me about how it's so awkward. Yeah. I just don't want that to have to be an awkward conversation. Mm-hmm. Us. I want the Bible to be. Just an open book in our house. Yeah. And a very powerful open book that we reference um, and we live. And then on top of that, I pray for them and I pray with them. And I won't. It's so funny to hear Riggs pray because <laughs> he just he just talks, which is so cool because he'll hear us praying, but then he'll just be like, and God, and I played at school today and I watch TV and I want to go swimming. And, <laughs> Yeah. Like, he's really just recounting his day. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, yeah. Like, he's letting his prayers and petitions be known to God. Yeah. And yeah. So just something as simple as that. And then, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm certainly not as intentional as I should be. I'm not as, as consistent as I should be. And I, I wish I was. And I'm working on that. But just to read scripture around them. Mm-hmm. That way, not only are they reading it, but they hear me say it out loud. And yeah. I asked a friend of mine. Right before Jude was born, I said, what is the biggest, what, what is the one piece of advice you give me as a dad? And before I had it in my mouth, yeah. I said, read scripture over them every day. Hmm. And 
Yeah. I will never forget that. And he was right. Yeah. And even when they're really young and they don't even speak yet. Yeah. Just, just yeah. to have that as a part of their mm-hmm. experience with their parents is that their parents, even before they could speak, were still yeah. scripture to them. Yeah. That's powerful. That's awesome. You know, I can attest to like the whole having a household that's like fluid, as you would say, like uh, with the scripture or whatnot. And I didn't realize how, I guess, in some ways unique that was until I was like at Secret Springs, (laughs) you know, because I just thought like, hey, if your parents are Christians and you're a Christian that, well, because our house, we talked about God all the time. And, And if there were something like it wasn't necessarily a disagreement, but let's say my parent, like they would ask us questions like, hey, what do you think about whatever that was talked about at church, whatever? And we would discuss it, you know, and I had my translation and they have mm-hmm. their translation and we just bring it out. It was like a family discussion, you know, and it was all the time. And it wasn't awkward because it was always, I mean, it was nothing to run into either parent reading their Bible or preparing for their Sunday school lesson or whatever. And so when I went to be with other people and to realize that for other people, I just didn't, I mean, I just thought that was how it was. Mm -hmm. I really did. And then I met some people who they were believers. Their parents were believers, but they never talked about it. Mm -hmm. Blew my mind. And that was really sad. It was strange. And it was very sad for them. Again, you don't talk about stuff because sometimes they're... (laughs) Or things you didn't understand, vice versa. Like, hey, it was really great comfort to be able to know I could go to people and, like, have a conversation and try to figure it out, you know. I don't know. So I can attest to, like, yeah, it is great to have that. It is make it easier to work out your salvation and your sanctification and all that. So I guess I'm living proof in a way. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the the church. You know, you're on staff, so you have some preachers' kids now. You know, what role? I, 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 I got, uh, yeah, yeah, because such a negative connotation to yeah. it. You know, so I, I guess get I, to be preachers. Yeah, that, that should be a privilege. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw it under there. So then there, yeah. So I kind of have two questions in a way. Like one, like you know. How do you, you know, what role does the church play in helping to parent your children? And then too, like, because you are the pastor and pastor's kid, like, what's your view on that and and Mm -hmm. how that goes? I'll attack the first one first. Okay. That was the wrong word. I will (laughs) go for that one. Yeah. So um, I think that in that position, right or wrong, they're probably held to a higher standard. They're probably Mm -hmm. scrutinized more than other people. And that's okay. And so... Part of parenting is teaching your children to deal with people's expectations, mm-hmm. whether good, right, or indifferent, yeah, realistic or not. And for them, my hope is, because we haven't really encountered any issues with that, but my hope well, is yeah. anything that has ever to come up, just as far as people's expectations of them, is just to, to graciously say, you know, people have expectations for a reason because they're part of their constructed norm. Yeah. And so you get your constructed norm from mm-hmm. And so if anybody holds you to a standard outside of Christ's standard for your life, you graciously just say, we disagree. Mm, and, yeah. And on top of that, too, like from a parent's perspective as having kids who are going to be the kids of a pastor, you're like, I'm just going to work hard to make sure that they have good friends and yeah. not brag on my kids, um, mm-hmm. not to the detriment of others, but just ultimately that, you know, they're part of the life of the church. Yeah. The same way anybody would be and mm-hmm. like in a family. You know, because churches need to reflect some familial element. Mm-hmm. You know, with a family, you're going to have kids that act up and kids that don't. Mm-hmm. So, but you love them all the same. Mm-hmm. So just to train people to love my kids. You know, when they come to me and say, hey, you know, your kid did that or this or that and be like, cool. I'll just yeah. if they need it. But at the end yeah. of the day, my kid's not yours. Yeah. So, and that's the other one of the many facets of parenting is protection for your kids. Mm-hmm. So is, is making sure that you protect them from things they shouldn't hear, things mm-hmm. they shouldn't see, things they shouldn't experience. Yeah. So, and then, so as far as what role does the church play, <clears throat> I'm a huge proponent of two seemingly opposite things. I think the church should be very involved in walking alongside parents, but not mm-hmm. take from them the responsibility to disciple their children. Except... When they're spiritual orphans, mm, when yeah. there is no parent at all, yeah, as a believer, and so that that first one is really great when you got believing parents, yeah. But you can't take you, you can't leave the discipleship to 
parents who are not believers, mm-hmm. especially if the parent, if the student or kid comes to church. And so at that point, like, I think it's, it's imperative that the church step in and help. Mm-hmm. And I heard John Piper in a sermon years ago say to, he was specifically talking to parents or people who want to be parents who never yeah. were or mm-hmm. empty nesters yeah. and their kids move away. Mm-hmm. Or even people who had, you know, God forbid something happened to their kids. He's just saying, yeah. if you want to be a mom or a dad, there's people in this church who have no mom and dad and would love to have you as a mom and dad. Yeah. And just to be there, mm-hmm. you know, spiritual gospel. Yeah. Thing. Um, I think it was a powerful concept, and I think that should still apply for people in the church. Like, I have a a good friend in, at Cedar Crest who took a friend of mine at the church who was about to be a dad and said, hey, he gave him a book that he bought for him and said, hey, I want to meet with you every Saturday and just pour some wisdom into you. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, the guy had a good dad. Mm-hmm. But this other guy said, I want to disciple you as a dad. And yeah. it was really powerful. Yeah. And I've seen... Like one of our old students, one of our life group leaders, was essentially his dad. Mm. I mean, was in his house all the time. When he graduated, that was the person that was at his graduation. Yeah. Gave him his graduation present. Mm. Literally brought, bought this kid a truck when he graduated. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He just didn't have a dad. Yeah. It was incredibly powerful. And so I think both in the way the church functions you know, on the one-on-one level, and then even the programming level, mm-hmm. it needs to be just training for parents. Because I think a lot of people are just, in a general sense, they feel unprepared mm-hmm. to parent. Yeah. They feel like, you know, I read my Bible, but I'm not entirely sure what it says about parents, and I see this, and I see that. I'm just going to do my best, and mm-hmm. we're going to go from there. And I think there's just more to it than that. Uh, yeah. There's some good wisdom out there that we can share. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, maybe some of it's just laziness. Yeah. Um, on parents' part and the church's part. But I think if people are just simply intentional about things that are important, yeah. maybe put, this is going to be extremely controversial, but if we put half as much emphasis into parenting as we did in travel ball mm-hmm. or into football or into band or dancing or any oh, that, all the extras, of, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, I'm yeah. not knocking one hobby. Yeah. I'm all hobbies. I'm yeah. All like, of them. Mm-hmm. We seem to want entertainment far more than we want to disciple our kids. Yeah. And so I think that if we were to just pay just a touch more attention, mm-hmm. it'd be a touch more intentional because people are generally resourceful. But when it comes to parenting, they're like, oh, yeah. what do I do? I mean, Google it. I know that's so silly, <laughs> but Google it and find good. Yeah. Literally some of the best parenting advice I ever found was from like Ray Ortland and Paul Tripp sermons mm-hmm. online. Yeah. I mean, I know that's so simple. I know that's mm-hmm. probably so silly, but man, God has used some really godly people mm-hmm. to to just share beautiful truths with people and all they have to do is go look for it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's all over. I mean, it's the, the age of the internet. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't think that Googling it is the key to <laughs> Yeah. Problem. I know. Like but at the same time, like, just yeah. it, finding it is, al- is almost that simple. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are there any like uh, specific scriptures like you're teaching your kids? Yeah. And I know this is, again, I'm probably just a weird person, but when Jude and Reeves were both born, I signed to them a scripture. I would pray for them for the rest of their life. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, it probably makes me strange, but I'm okay with that. I just, <laughs> whatever. So with Riggs, it was Revelation 22, 14, which is blessed for those who wash their robes in the river. So they'll have a right to tree of life. Mm. And the imagery in that is looking back to the beginning so mm-hmm. the Bible ends and begins with a tree in mm-hmm. the garden. And essentially what he's saying is that imagery of washing the robes in the river is they're essentially the righteous ones who were made righteous by Christ. Mm-hmm. So essentially yeah. for Riggs, I'm praying that he's a righteous person who puts his faith in Christ. Yeah. And then for Jude, it's Psalm 1. It's a little bit longer. It's, Blessed the man doesn't walk in the way of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers for his delights in the law of the Lord on which he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season. Um, everything it does prospers. And essentially, it's it's almost the same imagery. Yeah. It's a tree by a stream. Yeah, I heard that in there. So, yeah. And for them, it's that they would, you know, be a fruitful tree. They would yeah. plant themselves by the river. And ultimately, that they would get their happiness, their contentment, their joy mm-hmm. from Christ. Yeah. So does Jude know any of Psalm 1? At this moment, no, no, um, yeah. I really have never even told them that I pray this. Oh, so, yeah, it's one of those, yeah, 
few secrets I'll have from them. Yeah, yeah. I'll reveal at their wedding one day. Yeah. So, wow. Or yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> special time. Awesome. Yeah, I kind of have a little list I've created for Asher. And for me, it was kind of birthed in a class I can't uh had I, I dig I went to seminary for a little bit in one of the classes I was in it, it was like the the final project we had we had to come up with like okay if you, if you were had a child that had the ideal parents and they were at church all the you know every time the doors open what should the church be producing that was the thing so Pretty much from that point on, I mean, that was like well over 10 years ago. I've always had in my head, like, what should my child at certain points of his life know? So, I mean, right now my list isn't super long, but it's also kind of hard because, like, literally every verse in the Bible is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, man, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one, too. So, like, I don't know, but, like, uh, my first little ones are, like, short ones, that are good truths that hopefully you can hang on to stuff like that. So, and it grows, but, <laughs> but then I hope it does. And then hopefully I hope for him, it'll be his own list for his own stuff, you know, because for me, like one of the things my mother taught me the best was like how to fight with scripture and how to really use it as the sword as it's intended to. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's to, to know the Lord and to understand about all that, you know, this kind of a reference for, for life, you know, but it's also uh, that truth to give to us to fight the other negative thoughts and negative things that aren't from the Lord. Absolutely. And so, I don't know, I guess that's part of it too for me. I like, I want my child to have that. So that's why I always ask that question because I'm like, I just kind of wonder like, where do we know it's fall? I'm not just a crazy person to you that has like this list, you know? So like, yeah. And once you so, make a priority, they'll make a priority. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. So do you have like, you know, any type of weekly thing you do with your boys or y'all just, is it just Sunday time and talking about what happened at church or anything? Uh, we, we definitely ask them like when they come back from church, hey, what y'all talk about? Mm-hmm. And Jude is pretty good at that. Yeah. So we learned about this and that. He always, it's always, he always catches details that I didn't think he'd catch. Yeah. That are really, and he asks, man, he, he, we make him read. And yes, we make them read because God forbid you make your kid do something they don't want to do. Um, he ends up loving it. And so he'll, yeah. he'll write down questions as he reads. It's really cool to see his questions because he's reading the Bible the first time. You know? Yeah. Like he's heard the stories, but he's actually reading it for himself. Time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so cool. It's a so, big difference. Yeah. So we do that. And then we try to do a devotion every night. We're certainly not as consistent mm-hmm. as we were. I mean, I wish I could say every night we've done that. Yeah. But it's yeah. most certainly been off and on. We have some mm-hmm. we do better than others, but I read them, read to them out of a Louis Giglio book. Okay. Four kids. Yeah. Really, really good. And then we read scripture together and we pray together. And so it's just a way this, you know, Jude listens. Yeah. Riggs is running around like, yeah, he's average. Like, he's yeah, just, I mean, he's four. So. Exactly. Yeah. Like I was saying earlier, like in those moments I have to realize, because obviously I'm a minister. Yeah. Scripture, I love Jesus. I want him to revere scripture. Mm-hmm. But I have to realize that, and he's four. He's going to run around. Yeah. Eventually. So. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's kind of what we do with him. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> So we're going to, you know, put the brakes on there on that for a second and, you know, switch gears and uh, ask about your dad and just kind of some more fun stuff. So what are the your favorite things about your dad? So my dad, and he would tell you as much. He's even giving me permission to, like, share his deep, dark secrets and all, which I won't do here. But he's not perfect. He's mm-hmm. never been perfect. But the thing that I love about my dad is that he wasn't ever scared. Yeah. Or at least he didn't appear to be. Yeah. And that's what I love. Like I kind of like said earlier, like there was always this confidence he had, mm-hmm. um, even when he was wrong. And I don't know why I have such a high respect for that. But man, I just, well, my dad said something he meant it. And yeah. his yes was the yes and his no was no. Mm-hmm. He was hard on me, but it was, that was good for me. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, like no matter what, I knew I was safe with him. I knew he loved me. Yeah. Like as imperfect as parents are. You know, I, I can see that he tried. Yeah. And that meant the world to me because he wasn't he wasn't scared, but he also wasn't scared to try. Like, I remember yeah. this one particular time, and I doubt they even knew I was awake for it, but he had never done this before. I think I was like 18. Mm-hmm. And I had just, I was about to graduate, or I had just graduated high school. 
And he came in my room in the middle of the night, he and my mom, and he knelt down and he prayed for me, which mm-hmm. he had never done before. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, man, this is freaking weird. What is he doing? <laughs> But yeah, I acted like I was asleep, but I yeah. insomnia, so I was like never asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, to this day, I just still remember like how much like, it must have taken some guts for him to do that. Yeah, like that wasn't easy to do, mm-hmm. and I really respect that he did it. But that's just kind of him. Like mm-hmm. if he feels like he's supposed to do something, he just does it. Yeah, and I can just respect the heck out of that. Yeah, live being a man of conviction. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Paul tells us to do that. Probably. But yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. now my favorite thing is like, he's really involved in men's retreats. Yeah. And um, that's kind of like been a buzzword, buzz thing around here. Yeah. And I'm just really proud of him. Mm-hmm. Like, man, he's just a completely different person than he used to be. And mm-hmm. God's really used him in ministry. And I, I meet so many people that tend to know him. Mm-hmm. And since our last name is so goofy, like, <laughs> they say, well, are you Jared's dad? Like, so hardly do I meet anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Here doesn't already somehow know my dad or is yeah. connected with him in some way, but and he's a good he's a good granddad to my boys. So yeah, good job. So, what parts of fatherhood do you enjoy the most? I really enjoy listening to their <laughs> crazy stories. Yeah, I started a tab in my phone of like my favorite one-liners mm. from it. Yeah, really made up of like my boys' one-liners. Yeah, and they say some crazy junk, but it's so funny. Like I'm having a bad day, I open up that tab and I'm like. All right, back at something <laughs> that I said years ago. And, um, like, I remember one particular one was uh, I was just joking. I said, Jude, you want to go to timeout? And he's like, No, I want a corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. What was his response? But, Not just no, but give me that corn dog. Exactly, like, so I, mean, I just love yeah. to hear their stories. And I also really, again, mm-hmm. this is just my thing. Like, I just like explaining doctrine to them. Yeah. Like, it was thundering one time, and Jude got really freaked out. And so I just grabbed him, and mm-hmm. I said, Jude Amos 4.13 says that God creates the lightnings and brings the wind from its storehouses. Yeah. God created what you just heard. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. He holds you. He holds the weather. Now, I mean, if he ever gets caught in a tornado, <laughs> it's going to be tough to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I was letting him know that, like, he's, he was safe. Yeah. And God is not just mm-hmm. aware, but he's... The author of author, yeah, made it, yeah, yeah, it's good. So, you talked earlier about how people have given you wisdom, you know, when you're a new dad. So, what kind of advice would you give to a new dad? First off, that's uh, I feel wholly inadequate to do that, but if I was, let's just say, if I was giving it to like a younger me, yeah, if it was a younger, that makes you feel better, yeah, yeah, think of it that way, yeah. I'll just say, yeah. that, you know, trust that God protects your kids and he's numbered their days and you don't have the power to do that. Mm-hmm. His hands hold them, yeah, but he holds you simultaneously and he's entrusted yeah. fathers with the well-being of their kids. Mm-hmm. So you should take that, not with a grain of salt, but take that with a high sense of reverence that God has entrusted an image bearer to you, to yeah. you the shepherd and for you to you know, lead in the different ways in which a parent leads their children. And it's such a powerful way in which like you, you can't pick your parents, but boy, they sure have a lot of influence over you. Yeah, they do. That at the same time, like if, if you fail in, in any way, don't fail to point them to Christ. Yeah. Like, cause again, that just covers over a multitude of sins. Like, mm-hmm. If you will just very simply. And when you, when you fail, let them see you fail and then apologize. Yeah. Point them to Christ. Mm-hmm. If you do well, point them to Christ. Yeah. When things are boring, point them to Christ. When you're having the worst day of your life, point them to Christ. Yeah. So. Yeah. it's a good word right there. All right. Now for my favorite question. I love asking this. Like, what's your favorite memory of each of your sons? So for Jude, it is when he got baptized. Yeah. And I got baptized. Oh, that's and awesome. it was freaking cool. I can't talk about it yeah. much because I get emotional, but <laughs> man, it was really good. It was just a, I don't know, it was such a long process because he talked about it forever, but that was part of the, the scheme of it. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted him to want to. Yeah. I didn't want him just to be doing it because his friends were. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to be convinced that he actually understood what he was doing to the best of his ability at that time. Yeah. And I wanted him to to be asking me, con- and he was, he was asking me constantly. 
Dad, I want to get baptized. I want to get baptized. Why, son? Because the Bible tells me to get baptized. And I was like, there we okay. go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, so it was that was such a cool moment. That's great. That's awesome. And his, That's little, his little yeah. buddy got to be mm-hmm. with him. Yeah. We've just been baptized, which was so cool. So. Yeah. And then with Riggs, I don't <laughs> – I have a lot of good memories of him, but there was this one particular moment – and I even got it on video because God is good. <laughs> yes. He was at this daycare performance, like mm-hmm. Christmas performance. Yeah. And he was dressed up as a little like lamb or something. Mm-hmm. And so the lady who led it would let each individual kid sit in her lap and sing a song in the mic. Yeah. And we had just fed him a full bottle of milk <laughs> or a formula or something. He just yeah. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. He burped so loud <laughs> in that mic. It was like right in the middle of a song and it was like one of those things where it was like nah, 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 nah. you couldn't understand what he was saying but you sure enough heard the it was like it was like he was screaming the burp in the mic. Oh my gosh. And it was yeah. so it was so loud and so obnoxious that the entire crowd just like erupted in laughter. Yeah. It wasn't one of those things where like they were trying to, oh, he didn't really do that. Like it was so like, obvious. Yeah. The appropriate response was, was to laugh. Just to fall yeah. around laughing. It was so good. <laughs> but that's uh, so part and parcel to his to his demeanor. Yeah. He just is who he is. Yeah. You know? And he doesn't care. So he's <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Jerry, you know, it's just been a great conversation. I feel like I've learned a lot just listening from you. And, you know, I'm glad we could, you know, celebrate fatherhood and, you know, and also our good, good father in heaven. Yeah, but I'm just glad you're able to come out. I appreciate you having me. It's been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm happy that people like you do stuff like this. This is really helpful. And I think people need practical helps. And so, yeah, thank you for the invite. Yeah, well, thank you. My name is Jarrett, and this is my story of the middle. Yeah. And this is your host, Brandy Bostic, and you've been listening to part four of the Fatherhood series from the Up From the Up podcast. Uh, next week, I'll be talking with First West Children's Minister Dustin Lee discussing the power of prayer. You won't want to miss it. Psalm 40, verse 2. He brought me up from a desolate pit out of the muddy clay and set my feet on a rock, making my steps secure.